If you need a new roof or a repair, Easton Roofing will take care of you. Estimates are always free and suggestions are built on integrity. Visit EastonRoofing.com for more information. Get back to business faster with Easton Roofing. Easton Roofing. Integrity matters. The show that takes you home. The Homestretch with Sterling Holmes on ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. Welcome to the Homestretch, ESPN Kansas City Live in studio on this hump day. Dylan Michaels behind the glass, shaved dome. I noticed, baby. I noticed. How you doing? Good. How are you? You didn't nick it? No, no, no. Did you get nervous? No, no, no. You know what you're doing? No, it's not me. It's the old man that does it because I can't. There's, there's, when you're a bald man, there's uh, some divots, some valleys in the, in the dome that you never knew were there that you'll miss. See, I'd get times. nervous. See, I couldn't do it. So I'm not doing it with like a straight razor. I obviously cheat and use like the clippers sure. on the zero guard. Yeah. But it's still, I mean. Have you ever close. nicked it? No. Look at you go. No, I, I've done the, the neck though for sure. Like I've nicked the neck for sure. The worst is when you're shaving. I always shave or uh, nick right down here. Your Adam's apple. Yep, Kay. that's exactly. I still do it. So. I, I All yeah. the time. I always use an electric one now because I am lazy and it's way quicker to use an electric one but every once in a while i will use the old school handheld one and i just rip my neck up without fail i am ripping my neck up uh doing a talk some chiefs and some training camp uh, the chiefs returned on wednesday for yet another day of training camp uh turns out few chiefs were down a couple linebackers as uh, looks like Nick Bolton and Isaiah Moore not able to practice today. John Ross was also missing, but was excused ahead of time. Nick Bolton was out with an illness, so he should be back soon. Uh, and then Isaiah Moore uh, is dealing with a knee injury. So that's what you have there uh, Isaiah Moore was coming from North Carolina State had 82 tackles last year 15 for loss three sacks and three pass breakups I could make the case that maybe injury almost helps him make the team would you say Dylan that if you're injured at this point it can make it can help you make the team as a uh, long-term stash as a PUP yeah maybe you can make that Chiefs argument. are uh, depending on who it is stacked at linebacker Maybe this is a little stash move. Maybe I'm also looking uh, too much into this. <laughs> now is the time of the year when everyone pulls out the uh, the tin foil hats and says, "This is what I'm going with." We're down to the home stretch Ayo. show name Ao um, of the off season where people are getting a little antsy. Oh, I'm antsy. That's why we got some Justin Ross hype that is building to a point where I'm slowly getting excited. I'm starting to think that even before the pads come on that he can be something. So I got called uh, called out. I was doing a podcast yesterday 
and I said, yeah, you know, I was asked about Justin Ross, and I, I was I was asked, and I said, yeah, I, I like Justin Ross, but I I still think he's somewhat of a long shot. I I think you know, obviously with Kadarius Tony going down, this helps his chance. I do think him showing some ability on special teams, whether that's uh, punt returns, obviously helps his chance as well. But I said, you know, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. Didn't say anything bad. Didn't say he's a bum. And people are calling me out saying, oh, of course, Sterling Holmes ripping on Justin Ross. I'm like, I said he's a fine, like, there's a reason he wasn't drafted. There was a reason. We're acting like this is a first rounder. I get it. It was because of injury. Do people not forget it wasn't just the back, it was the foot injury, and he had a steep decline in performance? Like, it wasn't just a case of, oh, he's injured, once he gets healthy, he's going to be 100% and back to where he was his sophomore year. I think it was at Clemson. Was It, it was Clemson, right? Yeah. Gosh, you know you're getting old when, when you're like, it was Clemson, right? And you're like, it's been four years since that time? I think he was on the same team as T. Higgins. I actually know that for a fact. So. I mean, it's been a while since yeah. he's really been good. Again, I'm not saying he can't be good, but it's the same people who were saying, you know, Josh Gordon, right? You kept looking back at what he did four years prior, okay? They put out that uh, highlight tape from that year he had with the Browns. Yes. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying Justin Ross isn't going to be a stud, but I I think people who are automatically saying, oh, he's a lock and he's going for 800-plus yards easy, and I I just think, with what track record? Okay, I get it. We all hitch our wagons to someone. You've heard me hitch my wagon to Richie James. But my Richie James stuff, I think, has some merit based on the fact that I have these statistics and the underlying numbers to back it up. When you're talking about Justin Ross, you're looking at four years ago, in college, pre-injury. I'm rooting for Justin Ross, but I don't think anyone is silly for having any sort of legitimate questions about what his NFL career is going to look like. I'm rooting for the guy. It would be a phenomenal story. But can we stop acting like this is a first-round draft pick? Am I taking crazy pills? I mean, probably, yeah, I probably am taking crazy pills. But the the point remains, let's not call, I guess maybe I'm doing on the opposite side, but let's not call everyone silly for having a different take than what you have. Again, I said something as simple as, I like Justin Ross. I still think he's probably on the outside looking in. And people get irate about it. It's like it's his parents. If it was their, his parents, I'm sorry. Mr. and Mrs. Ross. But I don't think it was. I don't know, man. I I, I get tired of this uh, conundrum where it's either you are a superstar or you are a bum. It feels like we have lost the nuance in a lot of conversation. Uh, Cole Komet got a new new contract, and it... uh, Remind you a little bit of how underpaid Travis Kelsey really is. Cole Komet set to receive $50 million over the next four seasons. And that's only $7 million or so less than Kelsey got in his last extension. Well, that's just absolutely insane. And it's not like Cole... Where's Florio? 
Yeah, where, where's Florio where's on this Florio one? Where's Florio at? Yeah, where's know, Florio? We need Florio to help Travis Kelsey as much as he's trying to help Patrick Mahomes. I don't, I don't understand where yeah, Florio What is, is at. Florio's deal? What, what is his I don't deal? Know. He just seems to really like quarterbacks getting paid. No other position. Just, just keep it. Just quarterbacks. He, just ours. Just a Chiefs quarterback. He won't acknowledge anyone else. But if it's the Chiefs, uh, Mahomes needs more money right now. He, it's like dog. What is your deal, Florio? Dude needs to chill. He's carrying water for uh, the PA, it sounds like. Yes. A little bit. A lot of water. Gatorade, even. Mm. That's some high-quality H2O. Absolutely. Uh, we get asked on Facebook right now from Ronnie Sterling, is that Kyle Long with you? How do you feel about being called Kyle I'll Long? I'll take that. I'll take that. God of War, I've heard before. Actually, me and Briscoe donned that one. Um, wow, I will say you do look a little Kyle Long esque. Yeah, I mean the you're beard. not uh, quite six six, probably uh, a good two fifty. If I wear those Tom Cruise shoes, I could be this time. <laughs> Kyle Long listed when he played six six three thirty two. So I'm about one hundred twenty pounds and three inches light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So six three one two hundred. So Still under, kicking under, my ass. Undersized D end. Uh, very With undersized. Zero speed and strength. No, come on. I've, I, 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 met, I met you in the hallway. Yeah. We did a little little drill. I got yeah, my I ass could, kicked. I can touch 15 miles an hour maybe on yeah, a good yeah. day. Yeah. You, you, got, you got a little uh, little strength in that in, in you. Come on now. I saw. I saw you block me in the hallway. Do you have a guy that you're hitching your wagon to at this point in training camp? Is there a guy who you think is not being talked about enough? I don't know where Felix Anaduke Uzama, Anaduke Uzama, excuse me. I don't know where he's at. I haven't seen a single video or any type of tweet, any any notes even on this guy. Yeah. And also Keandre Coburn I'd like to see is falls under that same umbrella of like sure. rookie sure. that I haven't heard much from at all. Um and I definitely want to see Wanya Morris. I know that that is a massive position gap that doesn't seem to be getting talked about right now. I mean, we see the one-on-ones with Donovan Smith, and I don't know. I, uh, have you seen any Wanya Morris left tackle one-on-one reps on video? I have not seen that yet. Uh, I will say that's a good good uh, player to name because that's probably the guy I'm looking forward to most in yeah. training camp because I think Donovan Smith is – you know at wide receiver how I say Richie James and MVS are if you think of it as a roller coaster, you have to be this high to ride. I think Donovan Smith is, hey, you have to be at least better than Donovan Smith to be the left tackle on this Chiefs team. Donovan Smith, I'm not saying won't bounce back, but I think his best years are probably behind him just based on age, uh, injury. I do have some concerns with Donovan Smith with his penalty. He, he he was constantly flagged last year. Yes. And that was with a quarterback who got out faster than anyone else in the NFL. I get it. Tom Brady's a statue. That statue gets the ball out quick. That jugs machine gets the ball out quick. Mahomes makes dudes miss. We've talked ad nauseum about how his uh, sack rate and his uh, evasion rate and all these, these underlying numbers of why he is so good at making – pressures turn into non-sacks 
right? We've talked about that nonstop. That might help. Doesn't help the penalties, okay? Doesn't help the penalties. So that's my main concern with Donovan Smith more than anything. I am excited to see him next to Joe Tooney. I'm excited to see him back healthy with a legitimately good offensive line. Uh, I do think he's a better pass protector than Orlando Brown Jr. in a nutshell. I mean, he has quicker feet, all, uh, lighter, all those things. He's still getting up there, and the penalties are my main concern. So all that to say, Juwan Taylor's a guy I'm looking at. I still think the Chiefs drafted him. If Juwan Taylor's a long-term move at right tackle, if that's always going to be the move at right tackle for Juwan Taylor, then Wanya Morris, I do wonder if that draft pick originally was with the thought process of, hey, this guy could be our left tackle of the future. Hey, one year of Donovan Smith, and then we'll go to Wanya Morris. The thing is, doesn't mean Wanya Morris can't start this year. The contract given out to Donovan Smith wasn't such that, hey, he, he can be a backup. I think Wanya Morris is the guy to watch this training camp. I'm excited. I just feel like they're, the videos we usually get are wide receiver one-on-ones yeah. or 11-on-11. So maybe they are out there. I just have to look a little deeper. Maybe. I'm sure. But pads come on Friday, and that's when all of that really matters for the trenches. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about going to practice, to training camp, maybe Friday. I'm thinking about it. I don't know if you're going at all this uh, this this year. I think I'll maybe make it up there once or twice. I mean, it's it's fun. I yeah. Mean, no matter where you're sitting, it's, it's a good time. Because you yeah. don't really know, and you can move around a bit. Because uh, they change where they do their drills day to day for that reason, so that everyone gets a good view. So. so you get a taste, baby. Yeah. So you get a taste. But yeah, I think I think Wanya Morris was a good good one there, Dylan. I I am in uh, agreement with you. Uh, I do want to say MLB Commissioner Robert Manfred gets an extension through January 2029. I have to bring this up because this is the biggest what I have seen in a while. Oh, not not when you think of it like this. He might be the best bulletproof vest for ownership group of a major sports league of all of them i mean everyone hates him no one hates the mlb owners which is his job sure everyone thinks he's a doofus too like everyone thinks that he is really not smart he called the trophy of the league a piece of metal and then what was it two months ago said something along the lines of i could take back Maybe I didn't say the best words. It, it, it wasn't even a full-on apology. It wasn't even a full-on, like, yeah, that was a bad decision. It was like, a, that might not have been smart. And you're like, yeah. dumbass, we know it wasn't smart. It took you three-plus years to come up with that conclusion, Einstein? Gosh, Rob Manfred gets my goat, dude. I, I am... I get what you're saying because you're right. It is a bulletproof, yeah. bulletproof vest for the You can find owners. a better one. I agree with you there. You but, don't have to have such a doofus as your bulletproof vest because Roger Goodell, while people hate him, they hate him because he is a good bulletproof vest for the NFL owners. But he's also, he's you know what he does? A, he's not a doofus. He's he, pretty he's smart. smart. You, know, you know what he does? Gets the NFL bleep ton of money. Yeah. Does Rob Manfred do that? Manfred acts like he doesn't care about baseball. He pushes away his main fan base. Like... What what does he bring to the table? What is he Pitch doing? Clock. That, you know, I'm, I'm saying that so sarcastically because it's almost like that's why he got the extension. <laughs> was for, I mean, there's no data to show that it's better or worse or made more people watch or not yet. And it's like they gave him an extension because he did one thing. One thing. 
he just put in a pitch clock. And I don't know, maybe they needed to do it now, but it just feels like they, I don't know. You could have won over a lot of fans, I'm sure, replacing him, too. I don't even have a major issue with the pitch clock or the root. Like just, no, I don't. I'm just, it's almost yeah. funny that it's like, hey, you did one thing right. Yeah, you, you did one thing that I think kind of right. 75% yeah. of people agree like, with. You know, I like it. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. I think there's other ways. Of, you know, talking with Al Morris, you know, mm-hmm. uh, former Royal. Just all, he's right. Yeah, this is it, a good point. He was basically just saying there, there's other ways he would have gone about it yeah. uh, than a pitch clock. And I, I think that. You're right. I I personally thought I kind of disagreed just a little bit with him. I think a pitch clock for like one or two years is a great idea, and then eventually you can probably phase it out because players will have it ingrained in them, and you'll start seeing less of the ridiculous calls that, frankly, affect the game when they shouldn't affect the game. Um, yeah, all that just hand just the signs it, over and over. Again. There was yeah. one when the pitcher was on the mound because he was in a rundown, and the batter wasn't in the batter's box, and the batter got called a strike against him because he wasn't in the batter's box with eight seconds, and he's literally chasing someone down at third base in a pickle. Like, these are things that need to be fleshed out, especially before the playoffs. But my thought process was, the reason why the games got longer was players realized there's more screen time, and players wanted to be me, me, me. I don't blame them. You, you're trying to build a brand. I always go back to this, and I feel bad because I'm sure there was a plethora of other dudes that did this as well. I always think of Nomar Garcia-Para. I think of Nomar Garcia-Para getting out of the batter's box, messing with his batter's gloves, you know, hanging out there for a couple seconds. And what did kids growing up who watched him see? They saw that guy on the screen nonstop. He's an all-star. He, he's a, uh, a hell of a shortstop. And you go, I want to be like him. So then you try and emulate him. And this was a long cycle of the game getting longer. So something did have to be done, in my opinion. That's where I kind of pushed back with Al. But I, I am with him where this can't cost anything in the playoffs. And I do think eventually this is something that will probably need to be phased out. The matter of when remains to be seen. Well, here's my take, too, is just by seeing how the minor leagues operated a year after instituting it, which they're in their second year of it right now, they've gamed it. They've figured out ways to gain more time for pitchers or batters sure. or at-bats or, you know, the next pitch. Like, they have figured out the way to – because the games now are average about three hours again. It's the same thing. So it could be a point where you're right in the sense that it really just ends up not even being a thing that matters anymore. Yes. Because if you do a pitching change or a visit and then say your pitcher gets – nicked a little bit and maybe the trainer's got to come out for a second then your pitching coach gets to go out again yeah it's like that's how they figure out how to game it just little things like that so and and jeff passan actually said this too about the pitch clock they didn't make the game more entertaining they just shortened it all into a more compact time frame sure it's all the same stuff yeah they just cut out all the fat yep which again it's it's fine it's fine i I don't have a major, which is probably funny, a major take on this either way. Again, I, I, I think it's something that the game needed to speed up a little bit, again, to cut out the fat. If you have a filet, you got a nice KC strip, you want some, you don't want that much, though. You ain't trying to gnaw through this thing. At times, it felt like you were gnawing through a baseball game. So, with this extension for Rob, Manf- uh, for Rob Manfred, again, through January 2029... Uh, he will now be the guy in charge when the current CBA is set to expire after the 2026 season. 
Manfred had one more season remaining on his previous contract. He is a lifelong lawyer. Huh. I'm sure. Shocked. Raj was, or Goodell. Shocked. Yeah. Yeah. So, and there answers my question of why they did it. It's actually a year away, so nothing to do with his performance. I think it's more, again, just keep taking all the bullets and looking like a doofus and, you know, do your job. Uh, I love it in the in the ESPN thing. By clear dissension from the players and by extension, the MLB Players Association, which was exacerbated by his controversial handling of the Houston Astros sign-stealing scandal, culminated in a bitter labor dispute in the winter of 2021, prompting a 99-day lockout. Yeah, it's great. Right? You love that. You love seeing that. Love seeing teams moving under his tenure, going from Oakland to Las Vegas after that team has been perpetually boned. Um, also a villainous quote. After they yeah. protested. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I think that they could have won over a lot of favor, too, by just maybe not renewing it. Then you have a year left, so the guy's not technically fired. But you also get a lot of good pub from your baseball fans because everyone hates him. So it's like, oh, okay, baseball's kind of maybe trying to totally change. So, but nope. I I see that we do not have the breakdown of who voted because I, I would love to see John Sherman, uh, obviously, how he voted. Um, He's a new guy. It it said the league did not disclose a breakdown of the 30 votes. Do you think it would have? I I, I assume they said that if it was even going to be close, they wouldn't have taken this to a vote. Um, So clearly the majority of MLB owners thought, hey, this is the way forward. Again, I'm not saying I have the answer, but I think getting someone who is obviously more passionate about the game makes more sense. I've, I've, I've long said this, and maybe it happens when this contract is up. You think Dayton Moore would be a good commissioner? Because I always thought Dayton Moore is so passionate about the game of baseball. And, may, and maybe I'm, I'm just blinded because he was know. here in KC. But maybe I think there's no doubt that he's a good man, that he has his beliefs, obviously. But, but I think he stands steadfast as, as far as I think he would do the right thing and not just take the owner's side. Now, that being the case... The fact that he probably wouldn't just take the owner's side probably makes it less likely he would ever have the opportunity to be commissioner. Because, again, as you mentioned, a big part of being a commissioner is being the vest of the owners. You a little steamy back there, Dylan? You had to turn that down? You uh, in a sweat box back there? It was on warmer. So there's two options. Warmer, colder, then there's a little in-between area. It was on warmer. So, not usually on that. And it is hot in here. You want to take a guess of who won between the Royals and the Guardians today? Um, If I guess my odds on the losing side, I'd probably have a better chance, right? Just by record? I have a better chance of being right if I say loss. So, I'm going to go loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. 29-75, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I was alluding to there. Yeah. By how much? Uh, eight to three. Yeah, eight to three. Uh, but good thing they scored a run in the ninth inning to make it closer, right? Yeah, yeah. They were only one run away from being one swing away if they loaded the bases. So, uh, oh, great! It was MJ Melendez. Thank you, MJ, for losing me money. The oh, over yeah. the over under was, I believe, at uh, ten and a half. And I go, well, that's crazy. Ten and a half. Royals don't score. Yeah. The Royals can't even do that. Why? Right. Win me money. Sad. 
It is sad. I, I mean, the Royals are just so frustrating because right when you think they might have someone interesting, like Alec Marsh, I think, was interesting for those first few starts, right? The strikeout numbers were nice. You started to see some like, okay, this guy throws hard. He's controlling it. He's getting a lot of swing and misses. There's some promise at Alec Marsh. And then you look up, and you see a guy. Let me, let me pull the, the full statistics here. Uh, let's see if it updated for today. It did not update today, so I'll do it right here. Alec Marsh is 0-5. Wins and losses don't matter on a team that's won 29 games. Alec Marsh has a 7.04 ERA. 7.04 ERA. Got through two and two-thirds inning today. Four walks. Give five hits. Dude was getting shelled and was walking everyone. Even the spots you thought that might be bright. Someone's put a dark cloud over it. Jonathan Heasley came in and proceeded to give up three runs. Uh, Looks like Dylan Coleman, yeah. Get that ERA, 11.45, nice. Dude, like, at some point... I get it. It's a lost season, so it it doesn't matter. But Dylan Coleman has an 11.45 ERA. Is that good? You don't know how crazy this is? Dylan Coleman pitched one inning, gave up a run, and his ERA went down. Man, that, that is tough. This team is so bad. I don't even have the adjectives. And I get it, man. Like I, I was uh, we talked about it a little bit yesterday how, you know, this is easy it's gonna be bad. To this it, is easy for us to sit here and do I know, yeah. But at some point I, I I'm I'm impressed. Like I'm not even just like mad anymore. I'm impressed. Like Baxter. Yes, it's it's like Anchorman. I'm impressed. You had a whole wheel of cheese? I'm mad. I'm just impressed. I mean, seriously, you give up a run in one inning and your ERA goes down. You're looking at it, and uh, Brady Singer has the lowest ERA of qualified starters because he's a 5.55 ERA. Now, if Zach Greinke was going to qualify, he would have the lowest at a 5.49 ERA. I mean... This makes the 04, 05, 06 Royals look like freaking World Series beaters. I'm seriously just waiting for someone to do the equivalent of the Ken Harvey. Was it Affelt? Who who is the guy that the, Grimsley? Oh, Jason right? Grimsley. Yeah. When they ran into each other trying oh. to make the play at the plate. Have we we haven't even had that moment yet, have we? No, we're, we'll get there. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Oh, we're gonna get there. That might be September call-up season. What's wild too is Cole Reagans is the guy I wanted to see. He pitched one inning or one uh, one start, five innings. Uh, was give one uh, one run? Was it one run or two? Uh, I think it was only one. 
but looked good, right? Cole Reagans, he was the trade piece uh, for Araldus Chapman with the Texans. I want to see more of him. Somehow we don't get to see that. Again, I'm not saying Alec Moore shouldn't start in a lost year. Yeah, start your young guys, see what you have. But how is it that every single young guy to see what you have has nothing? You're so right. I mean, it's it's sad. It, it's sad. Like, I keep saying, yeah, let's see the young guys. Who they have? Every single one gets shelled. It's and like they're you, not ready. You you see Alec Morris throw, but how are they not ready? It's I agree. The, no, I agree. I'm yeah. just saying it's like they you you call them up because they're ready, and they're not. They're 25. Like we're not talking about kids, and that's what's even more frustrating. Is we're not talking about a 21 year old. Like the Dodgers will call up these 20. Walker Bueller, remember? Yeah, I think he was 21 or 22. Dustin May, I, in a I World get Series. Dustin May has been perpetually injured, right? But he's been 25. He is 25, and, you know, he has a career 3.1 ERA in the, in the majors and 34 starts. Like, I don't I don't get this. At some point, it can't just be how they draft. It has to be how they develop because not all these guys. I, I It has to be. I've been questioning that. For since we haven't replaced all the guys we lost in the 15 16 era, is like something's wrong in our system. Cause again, like of the younger guys, I'm not gonna count Jordan Lyles, I'm not gonna count Zach Grinky. Brady Singer, 5.55 ERA, Daniel Lynch, 4.64 ERA, uh, with a strikeout per nine of 5.8, which is absolutely abysmal. Um, Let's go down. I'm trying to look for starters. Um, Alec Marsh, only 20 innings, but he's up above seven. Uh, Chris Bubich has been perpetually injured. Uh, Jackson Kohar is a no-go. That's about it for starters right now, which is pretty sad. Uh, But let that sink in. I know Brady Singer had a great year last year. But everyone else... Are they bums, or is the development the issue here? And by the way, with Brady Singer, did he just have a Hunter Dozier-type season? Was that what that was? Was that his Hunter Dozier year where he has that one good year and everyone talks about it, and then the rest of his time in Kansas City is a perpetual nightmare? Because now I wonder. I don't think so. I think Brady Singer can get closer back to what he was last year. But again, when you see 20 starts and only six quality starts, that sucks. I'm not going to say wins and losses because that's unfair on a team that also can't hit. Six quality starts and 20 starts total is not good. 7.5 Ks per nine. Guess what? Not good. A whip of 1.47. Abysmal. You know how Jordan Lyles has been getting shelled this year, Dylan? Jordan Lyles has a lower whip. He gives up less hits and walks than Brady Singer. I keep telling myself I'm not going to get myself down talking about a 29-win team, but at some point you have to almost laugh at the absurdity that is the 2023 Kansas City Royals. We should do like a segment 
and this is not like saying that you're being too negative because no one can be really too negative about a 29 and 70 team. We should do segments where we have to find three positive things about the Royals, like in a certain week. I, I can you find three for me this week? Freddie Fermin. Okay. Freddie Fermin's been a bright spot. Yeah, yeah, he's been solid. Batting 300, on base 349, slugging 492. He had two hits again today and a walk. Freddie Fermin is looking pretty solid behind the plate. I don't think he's a great defensive catcher by any means, but he's been pretty solid. I like Freddie Fermin. I personally think that they should. I love Salvi. Love Salvi. He's been proven already. He hits much better at DH. Like that year he hit 48 home runs. He was the DH most of the year. Fermin should be the catcher at this point going forward. If you want to figure out what happens with Vinny Pascantino and Nick Prado next year, fine. But if Salvi is going to be here and you do have Freddie Fermin, put the guy who's better defensively back there and the guy who has a OPS, uh, what, above 800, 850 almost. Yeah, I'll take Freddie Fermin. So Freddie Fermin has been a bright spot. Um, I think Michael Garcia, while he is marred and, again, not a great period, I think we have seen enough from Michael Garcia to say, hey, he's probably the third baseman for the future. For now. Now, if one of the young guys, was it Gavin Cross? Was he the outfielder? uh, Or the second-round draft pick in that same draft? I forget who it was. Um, If that guy comes up and he's a stud, I get it. Okay, maybe Michael Garcia moves over to second base. Maybe he's a super utility. But I think we found that Michael Garcia is what? A future big leaguer. I also think Garcia is incredible defensively at third base. It's wild how good he is. So I will say Michael Garcia is the second bright spot. Okay. Third. Is it Prado who's now having an OPS under 600? Or under... 700 for a uh, first baseman? No. Could, no. That's that's horrible. That's horrible, yeah. That's but cheek. Saying, that's I, buns. I, um, When you said 600 and then you went up to 700, I was like, oh, so he's improving. 720 is average. No, he, yeah, was, yeah, no, he, no. he was up to 850. I thought he was like at yeah. 500, then he got up to no, 600. No, no, no. Nick Prado's been um, not good. He's came back to earth. I guess Bobby Witt Jr. for the f- the funness he brings of, stole, it, yeah. of stolen bases and home runs. I mean, is there much more than those three things? Oh, man. I, I, I will say this about Bobby Witt Jr. I know fans have not been thrilled with his on-base percentage, his batting average, some of his, his contact skills. I know the stolen bases and home runs are easy positives to bring up, but I want to bring up a legitimate positive that has underlying effects that's not being talked about, and that's his defense. He was not a Major League shortstop last year. He's been a Major League shortstop this year defensively. That does have to mean something, okay? I I know we're poo-pooing a lot of these guys. It's easy to rip on them. But when I see improvement at a necessary developmental spot, Bobby Witt Jr. at shortstop, got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, let's take a quick break. Come back. Home stretch here. ESPN, Kansas City. <laughs> I am shocked that Dylan still has his shirt on in the 120-degree sauna that is the ESPN Kansas City producer room. 
human resources is the only thing. We don't have HR here. I don't. I don't know if we do. If it do, if it's Lebo. That'd be one way to find out. I, I you want to find out? Uh, no. It's a little steamy in here too, and I'm wearing a. I took the, the blazer off. I couldn't rock the the suit jacket. It's too hot. At least it's a white T-shirt. All right, white. Pit stain, Jimmy. Yeah. It's holding up. Come on, it's it's holding up. The worst is when you wear one of those light blue ones. Yeah. Light blue Not or gray? Yes. Gray is a bad news bears. Yep. That dark blue you're rocking, that's a smart man. That's a veteran. You're a veteran of the sweat game right now. Yes. We'll see. We'll see how long. I, I, I'm in here for the next hour and a half. So, I say just pop it off, man. Tarps off. Tarps off, playa. We'll see. We'll see. Facebook Live wants to show. Yeah. Give them what they want, Dylan. I don't know. I, I don't think we it's We can that play odd. some nice music. Uh, you know, <laughs> some, maybe we can play yeah. some uh, more Guns N' Roses, some Def Leppard maybe. Marvin Gaye. Uh, you know, we could have maybe Pac-Man Jones sw- swing through. Yeah. Because you know he loves script clubs. He does. Yeah. He does. Big fan of the script clubs, for sure. It, it, they're script clubs. I did. Yeah. I tried. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like a spelling bee, you know, like the scripts, sca- uh, spelling bee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's how it's, it, it is. It's, it, that's how script club is. Script club. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Did you hear about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets restructuring his contract? Uh, I saw. We don't have the final numbers, but the original deal he was on, because he was going to now play 2024, he was on the books for the minimum salary against the cap in 2023 of $1.2 million. Guess how much it was for 2024. Wasn't it like 50? Something insane, right? $107.6 million. That was his cap hit? Yeah, because it wasn't spread out. So ah. it was. they didn't know if he was going to come back for another year. So it was originally on the books for $1.2 million against the cap this year for, for the Jets. Next. And then in 2024, uh, it was going to be 107.6 million. That's what. That's half the cap. What do you think the conversation was like? Hey, Aaron, um, if you want us to be able to operate as a professional football franchise, we're going to ask if we could possibly restructure the second year here. See, th- this one's not bad. This 1.2. What do you say? 2.1 or whatever. 1.2. Yeah, yeah. That's, one, that's incredible. Yeah, perfect. Right here, we love this one. Now we're going to go down. If you scroll to the next page here, page two, this has your next year's 102 million dollar cap hit. So this is the one we're looking to maybe spread out. A hundred and seven point six million. I mean that's that was the cap hit. That when when you hear how these people are moving money around and contracts or the cap is fake, it ain't fake. They just figured out a way to do things like this or, you know, have front or back loaded deals and then eventually you have to pay the piper. This will be interesting to see how it plays out if he takes less, if he makes it a three-year deal, if he... That seems most sensible, right? Man, I... Because you really only cut that in half, right? If you did... 58.3, I think is what the the breakdown is. That's pretty solid. Yeah. That's the highest paid quarterback still. Those two years, AVV, because Herbert's, what, 52, and he just became highest paid? Sure. And you'll definitely be well above Burrow. He has to take the Jets not just to the playoffs, but far in the playoffs these next two years. 
Championship game, yeah. Yep. I, I think he has to. I think that if he doesn't, they'll be pissed. Like fans. And I think they should because you mortgaged your future for this. It's you, all fun off the off season when there wasn't re- – I mean, there's expectations, but it's the honeymoon period. It, it It's a little bit like the Rams – Right when they went all in on Matt, they overpaid for Matt Stafford. Everyone knew they overpaid for Stafford and all these guys and Jalen Ramsey, and but they did it because flags fly forever. Those rings you cannot take away. That Lombardi will linger in everyone's memory in L.A. Right? Jets have to do this. They went all in. They brought in Rodgers. They brought in Alan Lazard. They've gone all in on a lot of different positions. This has to work out for them because they're mortgaging their future right now for the flags. Um, I will say the Jets have the NFL's longest playoff drought. Guess how long it is. How long has it been since the Jets have made the playoffs? 13 years. 12. Good job. I was gonna. It's 2010, right? Good yep. job. Can't can't sneak a piece of cheese by a hungry rat. Oh yeah, okay, Rex. Okay, Hudler. Do you hear what Coach Robert Sala said about Aaron Ro- uh, Aaron Rodgers? I mean, this guy glows in the dark. He's a damn good quarterback. What the, what does that mean? Is that a nod? It's, like a way, it's a cool new way, I guess, to say he has a glow about him. You know, I, it made me think of the darkness retreat he took. He glowed oh, yeah. because he took his darkness retreat. He glows. Maybe in the it dark. is a little nod to that. I don't know. I don't know how like aware some of these guys are in their press conferences. You know, like is he throwing a jab or did he just mistake it? Like kind of say that and just just for the sake of saying mean, something yeah, different. Yeah, and exactly. now it sounds like he's making fun of Rodgers in his darkness retreat. I think the Jets are gonna be good, but man, they have to be good because if not, those J E T S. Jets, Jets, head. Jets. They ain't going to hear R-E-L-A-X. They won't be screaming that with you, Rogers. Fireman Ed might have to retire again. <laughs> Bring back Mark Sanchez. You know, now that Fox gets to do AFC games, I wonder if he'll get a, get a Jets game this year. I imagine he might because he's on the call a couple yeah. times. but. That'd be interesting to hear his uh, commentary for that game if he does get that call. But I don't know. This could be just – I don't remember what it was like when Brett Favre went to the Jets, how much you know media hype and all that went on before that season, and it ended up 9-7. and seven. Brett Favre, I'm trying to figure out one second here. Allegedly, allegedly. 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 Yes. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly, Brett Favre had a hype train for this season. Allegedly. He went to the Jets. He went nine and seven. Then went to. He was good though. Then the following year with Minnesota. That's yeah. I don't. I just don't know what. Because I remember him in ending. I I remember him ending with Minnesota. And he was horrible his final year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like he. I don't know. It was weird because he was really good. Two thousand nine. Was it two thousand? What did you say when he was with the Jets? Two thousand seven. 2008 with the Jets. Okay, 2008. And then 2009 was with his first year with Minnesota. Game. Yeah, he was fourth in MVP voting as a 40-year-old. He had 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions, over 4,200 yards passing. 
That was his fewest interceptions in any full season. That was also his, what, fourth most touchdowns thrown in any given season. His 40-year-old year, first year in Minnesota, he was a stud. And then he was absolutely buns his final year in Minnesota. Oh, my gosh, was that bad. I don't know. It could either be – it's just – I really don't know what was the deal in the Packer with the Packers last year. Was it? Re- I think it might have just been the rapport being off so bad with rookie receivers, and him doing his darkness retreat and ayahuasca and all that stuff. Really not doing the Mahomes really work at trying to get on pace with these new guys because he they started to at the end. Like you could see when they started getting on a roll and almost made the playoffs that he started sure. to actually get in sync with the Christian Watson. He, he cared more to almost bring them down than to lift them up. A little bit. He cared more to blame them than to maybe look inward and say, hey, what can I do to make this team better? He, It'll be interesting to see what happens if it goes 2-2 two and two to start. You know, maybe it's 3-2. Oh, I and can't two. wait, dude. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Oh, I, I hope they start. Again, I have the Jets making the playoffs. Is he going to duck Mahomes again? Zach Wilson, come on, baby. Now nah, it just seems like he's always he's know, ducking him. There's something he's wrong. ducking him. Yeah. Let's take a break. Come back. I want to talk some uh, rookie of the year odds with you after this home stretch. ESPN Kansas City. Welcome back to the home stretch, ESPN Kansas City. All right, Dylan, take a guess. Who do you think the favorite to win rookie of the year offensively is in the NFL? Uh, this one I surprised at me it earlier, and I didn't even pay attention because I was so enamored with Rasheed Rice on there. Um, I don't know. Would it be Zay Flowers? Zay Flowers is actually ninth, only one spot ahead of Rasheed Rice. I'm guessing again. Oh, I was. I was oh, uh, uh, you got ninth. I I figured you wanted to redeem yourself. I'm gonna think of uh, uh, oh Bijan Robinson. Yes, it was Bijan. This surprised me. Bijan Robinson is a incredible talent. Obviously, there's a reason why he was drafted where he was drafted, especially at a position like running back where we're seeing, um, you know, consistently being devalued and the, the, the value of it's going down. They also have a thousand yard rusher last year on this team. They also have Cordell Patterson on this team. I was shocked that Bijan Robinson was listed as the most likely to win offensive rookie of the year. Bryce Young coming in second. Anthony Richardson coming in third. C.J. Stroud coming in fourth. I will say if I was a betting man, I'd put on C.J. Stroud. I like that. I think that that's got good value there. I just think that 
maybe Bryce Young, because why he's so high is because the division is so bad. And I will say Frank Reich started today, uh, or said today, that Bryce Young is QB1. The yes, started, no surprise, but now it's it's guaranteed. You know, but like this early. You know? Yeah, still and Andy, Andy Dalton's a vet. A, yeah, Andy Dalton's on that team. So. And again, you're in a bad division where if you win eight games, you have a legitimate chance of making the playoffs. And you looked like a 16 year old when you were taking a snap, and everyone kind of you know, 16 for it. That, you're right. I was trying to be generous yeah. because yeah, it, and that's crazy because it did look pretty scary. Yeah. So that that's a good sign. Uh, CJ Stroud was the guy I'd go with uh, for just based on the odds as well. Can get him at plus nine hundred on FanDuel. Who's the fifth? Just to round out top Jameer five. Gibbs. Okay. Where's Jackson Smith and Jibla? sixth? Okay, that's that would be another good one for me. Quentin Johnson is seventh or eighth. Uh, eighth. Jordan Addison is seventh, seventh. and then Rasheed Rice is tenth. I will say for wide receiver, if you're thinking wide receivers not not likely, past two. Offensive rookies have been uh, what's wide jo- receivers. What's Jordan Addison's? Because everyone's going to be keying on plus Justin Jefferson with Thielen gone. Plus sixteen hundred for the most part. This has an aggregate. There's five different. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, so. I know what you're saying. But that'd be a good little sprinkle. Uh, if you're looking for Rasheed Rice, you can get him at plus four thousand. You can get Trevor Lawrence MVP at plus sixteen hundred. There's another little side note for you, but. 1,600 seems to be around the sweet spot on a lot of these people. So I, I like the Jordan Addison for the reasons of no Thielen and Justin Jefferson's going to catch every double team they have. Uh, if you can get Deuce Vaughn, he's at plus 8,000 and plus 10,000 on certain books for UK staters. Yeah, there's not many other names down here that I'm like, yeah, I wanna, I'm gonna throw some money on this. I would need much better odds for Kayshawn Boutte than plus. Uh, Who's he played 15, for? 150,000 still. Not worth it. I forgot so, who got drafted by. I think the Patriots. Let me look. Hang on. That checks out. But yeah, Rasheed Rice at plus 4,000. I was a little surprised at how high he was. I did not think he'd be top 10. Nothing against Rasheed Rice, but the Chiefs don't use rookie wide receivers. I. It was the Patriots. Uh I do think part of Rasheed Rice being at plus 4,000 is because they're sitting here going, hey, the Chiefs have Mahomes. Put money on him. Put money on him, and then he's not going to play very much. I think this is the books trying to be a little uh, little sneaky here. A little sneaky here. Uh, defensive rookie of the year odds. Who do you think was one? Um, man. You know it. You know it. I want to say it. I got two in mind, so I'm going to go with the one that I thought because he was supposed to be the number one overall pick before everything kind of went sideways with his off the field. Jalen Carter? Jalen Carter's second. Will Anderson's first. Darn it. That's literally the two people in my mind. I was shocked that Jalen Carter was second because the defense for the Eagles have so much talent. Like, is Jalen Carter going to get that much playing time? That's my question, Mark. Uh, Will Anderson, I think, is... Where I would put my money, even though it's not good odds, I frankly wouldn't bet on Defensive Player of the Year for Rookie Edition because, uh, no. I will also point out the um, Eagles have two players in the top ten. Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith coming in in the top ten as well for the Eagles. Uh, if you're looking for a Chief, the first one shows up. FAU showing up at plus 2,000. There's a sighting. You throwing some money down on uh, FAU? I might. 
if I hear some good things. You might throw uh, a little little tenor on that. I think you should do it. Dylan, I'm trying to get you to do something uh, irresponsible. It's my job here. Uh, this is the home stretch back live in studio tomorrow at 3 to 4 p.m. Be joined by Josh Briscoe. Until then, we are out.